You know, it's a great question. Scientists have been wondering that same thing for a long time, and I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm not comfortable with that. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Thousand Oaks, California, as we head back from bye week. With a 5-3 and three record, the Rams won back-to-back games in Atlanta and London, and now they're preparing to play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Joining me today, he's one of the most talented guys I know. He can tie his shoelaces. He can microwave a handful of meals that gives instructions. He not only covers all things football for ESPN, he not only has one of the top fantasy football podcasts in the universe, he is also the only man I know with the name Field. Field Yates. (laughs) Hi, Field. Wow. In the annals of great introductions, that's easily it. Like, at the end of this podcast, I could just have that intro clip sent and saved. The next time someone asks me for a resume, I'm going to say, no, 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 no. I don't have a resume. I don't have one of those CVs, as you people call it. I just got this drop. Take this drop and make it yours. That is who I am in a nutshell. I'm hired. Hired. <laughs> Any job, Fields will be hired. Well, I mean, I'm I've in. seen you tie your shoes before. In fact, it's I know true. that you admit you you had a missing shoe for, for when we were worked at ESPN together. Your shoe was missing, and it happened to be in Matthew Barry's office. So I really appreciate. Yeah, he lost it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I lost it or if he lost it. I suppose it's sort of an interpretive thing, but it was like six months, and it was right there in his office. He just keeps a rather unkempt office, so uh, he couldn't find it, even though it was about three feet from where he was sitting when I first asked him if he knew where it was. Field literally walked around ESPN. <laughs> I still remember this, and he was just like, have you seen my shoes? Maybe I left them by your desk. And I was like, I don't know, like shoeless field. That doesn't really have a, a ring of a bell kind of thing. And I was like, huh. And he's like, I can't find it. And of all the people, of all the offices, it was literally smack in front of Matthew Berry. Like out in front or like right in the middle? It was the in the middle of the office on the floor. No, he I'm just kidding. just like flaunting it? <laughs> yeah, like, like, come on, field. Come, come. What now? <laughs> Um, Field, I have never asked you this, but I'm very curious. Have you ever met another person named Field? Nope. Never met somebody else named Field. Now, I've heard of people that have had the nickname Field. Um, you remember the band Corn by chance? I'm sure you, I know you listened yeah. to them frequently back in the day. Yeah. It's One of band. the band members went by Fieldy Corn, uh, but I think that was more of a play on the, you know, the band name than it was his real name, as far as I know. Um, yeah, I don't, I've never, you know what? I've never met another field. Um, good. good. Yeah. I mean, I may never meet. I met some, I met a Zigfield. Um, I feel like Zigfield is a name that, um, normally the nickname would not be field. Um, so I've met, I've, I've met people that have had things close to field, but no, just field, just me, I guess, I suppose in terms of the annals of, or in terms of the, uh, the total number of fields out there in the world. And your little brother yard. <laughs> yard. Right. He's annoying, but he's, he's, he is just, yeah, he, he's sharp. Yeah. He's I don't, family. That's I don't like, think anyone totally would have a nickname field. Zigfield is, that's, that's an aggressive name. So I love it personally. Um, okay. F- as for football's concerned, um, so Pittsburgh's known for the Steelers and they're also that city that produced Aaron Donald, one of the best football players in the NFL. He's heading home for the first time playing against the city that birthed him. 
What do you think about this matchup on Sunday? I'm looking forward to it because the Steelers have quietly become a pretty competitive team now all of a sudden. Uh, Pittsburgh started out slow this year, and they got just completely devastated by the injury bug. Not only did Ben Roethlisberger get hurt, but Mason Rudolph left after a scary situation against the Baltimore Ravens. We know that the uh, defense was hit by injuries as well, um, but they have found ways to keep the ship afloat. They're 4-4, four and four, and if you just look at some of the numbers that are often discussed or some of the um, you know more popular defensive statistics, they rank at or near the top of them. They have been excellent in terms of generating sacks. They've been very opportunistic in terms of creating turnovers through interceptions, uh, and the team has to be feeling pretty good about itself given how it has dug itself out of this hole of late, and um, you know it's not perfect operationally on offense, but I do think they've built some confidence with four wins in their past five games. For sure, and I think it speaks to, obviously, the leadership of Mike Tomlin won. Um, as for our side of the ball, uh, with Sean McVay, the Rams offense, right, you've seen it last year and over the years under Sean McVay, has been this very powerful force in the NFL. And I think this season, and he's even said it, the Rams offense still kind of working on its identity. Where do you see this, I want to use the word goffense, there are obviously some changes in the <laughs> personnel, but the perhaps bigger picture of the team structure, I don't know if we start offense and then go big picture. Yeah, I think for the offense, like there are some things that are principally the same. They still play a ton of snaps with three wide receivers on the field, and most of the star players this year, and let's be honest, when I say star players, I often refer to the players that people know most, which is skill guys, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, um, more so than offensive linemen. But most of these skill guys are the same from last year. Now, there have been some injuries, obviously. Brandon Cooks, we'll see what his status is. Um, for Sunday, by the time that we this podcast is live and posted, maybe we have a bit more clarity. Um, but a lot of the same pieces in place amongst the skill guys on offense. I would just say this, is it hasn't come quite as easy in some weeks relative to where it was last year. But do I think that the offense still is you know as efficient or can be as efficient and dynamic as almost any other in the NFL? Yes, of course. I think, and uh, this is a phrase, I don't think coaches love to hear it, but I think, you know, sort of a schematic advantage. Obviously, Sean is one of the most creative minds, and they found ways to, um, you know, manifest touches for a variety of players. It just hasn't been quite as efficient so far this year, but usually if there's a time for a team to make a quantum leap during the season, it's the bye week. You have a chance to self-scout, you have a chance to get some extra work in, and then for players, you get a chance to rest a little bit because, Although some people would say it's only week 10 of the NFL season, these guys have been grinding basically since late July through training camp, the preseason, the first eight weeks of the regular season, which included a lot of travel. Obviously, the trip uh, to Atlanta and the subsequent trip to London. I'm sure when they got back to Los Angeles after that London trip, the Rams players were very much looking forward to the chance to recharge the batteries. I have to say, I include myself in that statement. We were really wiped out <laughs> after all that travel. Um, as for, I, I think it's made a huge difference to change the rhetoric here of, you know, you go in, you lose three games in a row, but then you get two games on the road. Technically, the London game was a home game for the Rams, but we are not at home in the Coliseum. Um, that kind of changes it. And I don't know, you know, I've talked to Eric Weddle a lot, and he's just like, 
bro, we're about to make history, you know? So now you've got Jalen Ramsey, I think has made a huge uh, difference in the short amount of time. He's very respected in this locker room, um, sort of feels comfortable in his body from my perspective. What is your perspective field around the secondary and the defense? Yeah, I think it's got a chance to be uh, just one of the real edges in the second half of the season. And by the way, this is just great podcasting as we are conducting this. I'm sitting here. I happen to have my Twitter browser open. I'll get back to the secondary in a second. But I happen to have my Twitter browser open, and I see uh, on my timeline that Sean McVay says Brandon Cooks is officially out for Sunday as he continues uh, to speak with specialists about his most recent concussion. So I'm not trying to tell – I don't say, I don't want Rams fans to think that I'm not paying attention to what's going on in Los Angeles. and certainly a very situation, very serious situation for Brandon Cooks. We hope that he gets clarity because we know how scary that stuff can be. Um, to the secondary, what I would say is it's got a chance to be, and I understand that you know part of this transition also included Aqib Tlaib going to IR and then eventually being traded. Uh, beyond that, knowing that uh, you know the uh, Jalen Ramsey trade was in part facilitated by uh, being you know trading away Marcus Peters. It's a different look, but uh, I've talked about this with Eric Weddle previously, is that what a great security blanket that is for a defense. Uh, having someone like Jalen Ramsey being assimilated into a defense is um, fast-tracked by having Eric Weddle on that defense. Because, and this is sort of a lame cliche that's used all the time, but it's true in his case, he's like an extra coach on the field. Like, I don't, I don't know if he and Wade Phillips um, in like many, 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 many generations ago actually our family, but I'm convinced that they're like, uh, they, they must have their, their football family because he sort of feels to me like he is basically, you know, an extension of Wade Phillips. So I think the secondary will be a, a, an edge for this team going forward. Uh, it's going to not just be Ramsey and John Johnson and, and Eric Weddle, but also some young guys that have been worked into the mix of late. Uh, but I think they're never going to lack for confidence, which is a really important thing for the secondary. It's kind of like a baseball hitter. Uh, the best baseball hitters are those that strike out and come back to the plate the next appearance and think, I'm about to go yard. I'm about to hit home run here. And that's a really important trait to have uh, for a secondary. It doesn't matter how many times you get beat. It's about the idea that the next route or the next opportunity to make a play, I'm going to do exactly that. Just a quick note on Weddle. Watch him, you know, when the defense comes off the field, he'll go over to the DBs, he'll look at the plays, talk to his guys. But then once the Rams offense is going, he's – not even 10 feet away, like he's a solid 10 feet away from all the coaches on his own watching everything. I told Weddle the other day, um, actually in London, I was talking to him and he's, I said, Weddle, I just want you to know that when I'm on the field for home games, I stand right behind you, not to freak you out, but I want your eyes. I want to know what the hell is going on. I don't want to be close to the coaches at all, but he stands. You'll see him on. Yes. And he will stand on the side, like on the edge of either side of the bench and he'll watch everything. He's the first person to greet the offense when they come off the field. And like, he is paying attention. So yes, he is. I, I told him this and he's like, 
oh, now I'm going to turn around all this. I'm like, don't turn around. Pay attention to what you're watching. Just know that I appreciate that if you're watching something, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm totally watching the same thing as he's doing. So E-dubs. I get it, too. He, I'm in there. Secondly, Field, um, thank you for breaking the news because uh, you are such a priority to me that I am currently missing uh, Sean McVay's presser because I wanted to squeeze you in. So I'm glad that you got to see um, our Twitter timeline because currently Sean McVay is speaking to the press and we are at the football facility um, talking to you <laughs> because I wanted to make sure I could squeeze you on the podcast. <laughs> so You know something? I've decided I feel like a real jerk right now. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going to make this up to you. I'm going to send you, um, gosh, I'm trying to think, what does Bristol, Connecticut have to offer that Los Angeles does? I'm, I'm sorry, can't, can't think of anything. Yeah, um, no, but, not many you know, hey, Yeah, I, I got nothing for you here. But thank you for at least acknowledging, yeah, that Brandon Cooks, um, and and yeah, it's tough now with three concussions this season. So Josh Reynolds, uh, we have seen him step up time and time again last season. I think he did a really good job. He's very, he is someone, by the way, when I watch uh, them warm up before games, Josh Reynolds is very good at the one-handed Odell, I put in air quotes, he's, catches. He's got strong hands. He's very good, and he's long and he's lean. big. So and look out for uh, Josh Reynolds. Fantasy, right? Uh, field, this is something maybe you put as a little nugget here. Um, outside of Josh Reynolds, and maybe you want to talk to that, but what Rams player has really made a splash on fantasy that maybe you didn't expect? Well, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I didn't expect him to be fantasy relevant, but, I mean, if, I, if you were to tell me that Cooper Cup would be one of totally. the three to five best wide receivers every single week in fantasy football, I would have said it's possible, but, like, you know, is it that likely coming off of an ACL tear, playing an offense that has Robert Woods, who was amazing last year, and Brandon Cooks, and Todd Gurley being involved in the passing game, too? And I would have said, probably not. And yet, here we are. My co-host from the Fantasy Focus podcast, Matthew Berry, calls him, my little Cooper Cup um, has been unbelievable this season. And he has been consistent. He's been explosive. He has uh, hadn't seen a ton of volume. He can t- continues to find the end zone. It's, it's an amazing story. And make no mistake about it, um, players are coming back strong from ACLs routinely. But to come back this strong this soon as Cooper Cup has is one of the really neat stories of the season. Um, you know, this is a guy that over the first two years of his career was solid. I mean, make no mistake about that. But he has introduced himself into the superstar conversation. And that's a really good thing for the Rams going forward and fantasy football-wise. Obviously, a great thing as well. And, and then it's been sort of the usual cast of characters, too, right? I understand that Todd Gurley has not been as productive as he was last year. Um, but, you know, the Rams have been really smart with the way that they've utilized Todd, understanding that they're, you know, they, they do not hide from the medical considerations uh, this offseason, and Todd has not been shy about them as well. Like, his reality may be that running him 25 to 30 times a game is not pragmatic anymore. And where they've ended up is relying on him slightly less uh, in terms of volume. But you know what Todd Gurley keeps doing? Scoring touchdowns, which, yep. as far as I can tell, that's the one that I would imagine Sean McVay and his offensive staff and Lex Snead, the GM, feels strongly about. If he's scoring touchdowns, they're giving it a thumbs up. For sure. I'm curious your opinion on this. Is it hard or possible to have both a good fantasy football team and have a good NFL team? Like if you kind of have certain players 
I say this as you, you kind of are living in both worlds. So can you have yeah. guys who are scoring a lot of touchdowns and then just have a good, also have a good NFL team? Well, like you just said with Todd Gurley, you know, yeah. like he's still scoring touchdowns, which is good for the football team, even though his fantasy team or his, his fantasy points, points are, are not as hot. Right. The balance. Here's a tr- true story. When you started asking that question, is it possible to have a good fantasy team? I thought you were going to say, is it possible to have a good fantasy team and the life? Um, and which I was, I didn't have a great retort to because I'm not sure that I have a life. Oh yeah, it is possible because uh, there are some teams that are good in fantasy football or useful in fantasy football players, I should say, because like they play in an offense that, and and not to be, listen, this is not to get personal here, but like the Bengals, for example, throw the ball a ton because they have been down a lot. That's the reason why they are 0-8 so far this season, which is you guys saw firsthand across the pond in London. Um, in week nine, uh, or week eight, excuse me, they throw the ball a ton, which means the guys like Tyler Boyd and Auden Case and maybe eventually A.J. Green will see a lot of targets. But there are also teams like the Rams and, and in the same division. I mean, the Seahawks right now, Russell Wilson has been one of the most productive players in fantasy football, and he's also on a team that is currently 7-2. and two. So, uh, yes, it is possible to have both, but there is a clear um, – point that needs to be made which is that being good at fantasy football does not correlate directly to being good in real football and being bad in fantasy football does not correlate to being bad in real football if that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense and a shout out to shape and duke or shape and yates now because she is your wife and so hopefully you have some sort of life outside of fantasy football and football yeah. during the season yeah you know something again she might contend I don't. She <laughs> might contend I don't, which is, you know something? That's okay. Right. It's okay. That's good. Hasn't returned the ring yet. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, some news from around the NFL field. I did this with Mike Golick Jr., so I prefaced that with he gave very unique Mike Golick Jr. answers, and as you know him very well and I know you very well, I'm just going to give you some names or thoughts that are happening around the NFL right now, and I'm just going to let you go. You can say whatever you want, your thoughts, your quick thoughts on the following. Nick Foles. Uh, I, the right decision, and I understand that Minshew Mania was – Amazing, and I'm willing to take <laughs> a lot of the blame for the fact that I dressed up as Gardner Minshew, you and did. subsequently, yeah, I did, I did, I Serena, and uh, I don't regret it for a bit. You that being great. said, he, thank you. See, that's what I needed to hear right now. <laughs> I thought I looked good too, for the record. Now, some might contend otherwise, but um, I thought it was the right decision. It was a really difficult decision to make, but there is so much invested in uh, Nick Foles that I don't blame for a second, the Jaguars going back to him. I think this is a chance for him to sort of reassert himself as the off-field and on-field leader for them going forward. Lamar Jackson. Exciting. Um, Right now, unstoppable. Fascinating. Defying odds. He has been such a fun player to watch. And if I'm not mistaken, the Rams and Ravens play on Monday Night Football in a few weeks, right? Indeed. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Like, it's totally simple to get from Bristol to um, Los Angeles on a Monday night on without through, any sort of hiccups. But that, that I'm sure I'll, that will be a trip that will be worth Come making. Come stand next to me and Eric Weddle on the sidelines. I'll be there. <laughs> Don't touch my camera. Be, <laughs> Don't touch Matt's no, I, camera. I, 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 listen, be on the Matt, 
Matt, I have a, I have a, I, I don't touch, I, that's my rule. I never touch a camera of a, uh, an award-winning producer. <laughs> um, feel the black cat. <laughs> uh, dynamic. Um, you know, I, I've, it's really, uh, iconic as well. Um, probably the most explosive player that I saw on the field on Monday night. Um, I hope, um, loved has a family, I hope as well. Um, very cute. I'm not really a cat person. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a huge dog person, as you know, Serena. Oh, yes. Um, but that, that, that little fluff ball, that, that kind of melted my heart for a second. Did they end up on your fantasy football team, that black cat? Top waiver wire pickup this right? week. Yes, I did. I did find it. I did find it on the waiver wire. I was fortunate enough to land him um, <laughs> in, in the waiver process. Him or her. Uh, I need a name for the black cat. I feel like just calling a black cat is doing a disservice to how unique it is. BC for sure. BC. That works. BC also works. Um, I'm accepting other nominations if people have them. Okay. But yeah, I was was enamored by it. I loved it. And I love the fact that we stuck with it, like on the broadcast. I didn't, I saw some outcry that maybe they shouldn't have showed it. And I'm like, that's so fun. Like, why not show it? Like, it was fun. It was great. It was, that was like a fun game for the first half. And, Still, I thought that was totally worth it. Like to show the entirety of the cat. Um, I don't. Would you call that the cat's race? What would you call it? The cat sprints. Whatever you cat's decide out to of call the bag. that. And he's, he's out. The cat got out of the bag. Bravo! Thank I am you. sitting here looking up the um, clapping emoji to send to you uh, via text. That's in, that's very powerful. Field. Um, another thing powerful: Baker Mayfield's facial hair. Yeah. Um, so I have a rule. I'm not much, I'm not one to criticize facial hair because I can't grow it right. other than when I glue on and bust that for Halloween. Of course. So like Gardner Minshew. Um, Baker Mayfield shaved twice on Sunday. I've shaved twice since um, Y2K. So I don't really have much of a leg to stand on uh, on this one. So part of me is like, are you kidding me? You shaved twice on Sunday. And then part of me is more realistically like I'm jealous. Like I wish I could shave. I wish I could grow a beard and I can't. And I feel, um, I, I just, I feel, I feel incomplete. At least you can tie your shoe field. Um, finally, and this is like one, I know, uh, you know, the Patriots well. Um, and so I have a question of just like, why do people continue to doubt this team and the Patriots every year? It come you come in at some point of the season. It's like, Nah, forget about it. And you're like, why do you? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Well, well, Serena, I actually think you can relate to this well because, and I'm sure the audience knows this. You are a beloved Yankees fan, and perhaps it's fatigue, perhaps. right? <laughs> yes. Or, uh, your your twin sister, uh, Karina, is a huge <laughs> Yankees fan. She is. Um, she is. So Karina loves the Yankees, and what happens in sports is that we just get sick of things. Uh, Steph Curry went from like the most lovable NBA superstar to the guy that people were sick of seeing because for five straight years, the Warriors dominated the league. The Patriots have just been so successful for so long that people just want something new. Um, are they perfect? No, not in terms of record and not in terms of overall ability, but they're a team that incredibly well coached, they're disciplined, they're tough. They do a lot of the same things well in that regard that the Rams do well, right? They're situationally very strong. Um, they are worth the price of admission if you just appreciate the solid football play. Um, and I think that when the playoffs begin, the Patriots are going to be a force 
and they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the AFC, if, you know, potentially the number one seed in the conference. It's got to be the cutoff sleeves, right? I assume Bill Belichick's like secret is just cut off now, all the sleeves on the on a hoodie. At the same time, like they, that feels like a pretty practice. Like you know, if it's <laughs> if it's warm out, you might not want the full. You might just want the half sleeve. So that that could be what he's looking for, right? Absolutely, Serena. Yes, Serena. Matt. Serena. Matt. Do you know what time it is? I do. It's time for <laughs> Serena's social segment. So leading up to this, I have seen that apparently James Dean mm-hmm. and also Whitney Houston mm-hmm. are going to come back for a concert in CGI. James Dean is not going to be in a concert. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whitney Houston's going to be in a concert in CGI. James Dean's coming back to theaters in CGI. Yes. So thoughts? Yeah, a field. Um, I don't know if I, I, there seems to be a situation where we can't find another actor to play James Dean in a movie and we can't have someone else sing some uh, karaoke of Whitney Houston. They haven't seen me yet because I'm yeah, ready. I was, I was a little nervous there for a second, Matt, because I'm, you know, James Dean obviously, you know, famously died at a very young age. And I'm thinking to myself like, wait, hold on. Did, did something happen? Like, did I miss that? I like miss the history of James Dean. And I just assumed he was somebody else for like, the past, I don't know how many years of my life, <laughs> I was a little bit, yeah, a little bit unnerved for a second. But do you think we we just need to like let them rest, or is it like okay to have this entertainment via CGI? I feel like CGI is maybe I don't know, like a little bit overplayed, right? Like uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm. Do I sound like get off my lawn guy when I say that? Because if so, I will retract my statement, and I'll just ask you guys go back and get edited out of the podcast. Not no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Nah, you know, like, um, some of these, like, uh, well, well, there's so many talented entertainers right now that can be there in person. Like, I'm okay with just letting them shine, right? Right. I'm with you. I'm just, I wonder if, you know, 80 years from now when Whitworth retires, do we CGI him onto a football field? What about just games in general? Like, let's let's relive the helmet catch in CGI. Like, just, we don't even need NFL films anymore. It's just. (laughs) We don't even need players. Like, the future is just CGI. Yeah, I'm jealous of Whitworth. Like, seriously jealous of Whitworth, right? Like, just getting better by the day. Looking, uh, the thing about him is that, like, he can actually look younger because he's been bald for a long time. So it's not like, normally when you're you're bald, it's like, how can you look younger? But, like, I actually feel like Whitworth is trending in that way where he is looking younger. How is that possible? I know, he's he's like, um, what was it, it Meet Joe Black? What was the movie? The, oh, come on. Where he like goes backwards. Um, Benjamin Button. Benjamin yeah, Button. Yeah, Benjamin Button. Was another Hold on. Joe Black. Hold on. I couldn't Hold think on. of the Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, I mean, oh, that is geez. Brad Pitt, yes. I was like, what's the Brad Pitt movie that he goes backwards? Meet Joe Black? No, no, that's not it. That, but, yeah, but, that, yeah, confirmed. It's not me, Joe Black. Yeah. Oh, Fields. You know, this is not. I'm just in football mode. I'm not thinking of like Brad Pitt movies all the time. That happens like as soon as I finish this podcast, though. I go back to my normal Brad Pitt, you know, standards. Okay. Don't Fair worry. Enough. Don't Fair worry. Enough. Okay. Yeah, I, I know you're not slacking. <laughs> all right. One other thing I saw on Twitter. Uh, there were. Uh, it was like a musicians that you think would make good seatmates on an airplane. So I'm just curious. Who would you guys want, whether it be on the Rams or just an NFL player, NFL head coach, as your seatmate for a long flight? Oh. You want to go first, Serena, or no? 
You know, there's a lot of guys that, because it depends. The situation could be, like, I'm small, so I don't mind having a big human next to me because that means I can kind of, like, fall asleep and my head won't, like, totally lean over where I end up with a terrible neck strain because I'm, like, you know, doing the sideways bob thing where if there's a bigger person, maybe they they don't mind having me next to them also because they're like, ah, oh, Serena's not going to take up too much space, right? So, you know, I maybe like Aaron Donald has too many muscles, probably not soft enough for like a nice comfy pillow type situation. But, you know, I think like, you know, maybe Whitworth again, way too big for me to enjoy that. Um, maybe someone who puts headphones on and doesn't talk to me at all, like, John Johnson, which is a lie because he talks so much, so not him. Um, that might be entertaining, though. Would be entertaining. It depends how long the movie, uh, the flight is. Let's say, let's say three and a half. Three and a half hours. Yeah. I would maybe pick a John Johnson. I would maybe go with that because he'll watch a good movie and then we'll talk about it because we do this with the show Power every week. We discuss. Oh yeah, like, he wants to do like his own like. He wants to be an actor. Thing, right? yeah. yeah. So maybe him because he's not too big, so he won't take up too much space too. What do you got? Okay, so first of all, it's a plane. Like, I'm getting on the plane with one motivation. I'm trying to sleep, so I'm going for a little guy. Like, and I understand that all NFL players are bigger than, like, you know, the average human. But give me give me Daryl Henderson. Like, yeah. you know, I, and I don't know the personalities of these players nearly as well as he's you quiet. do. But he's quiet. He's, he's good. All right, he's quiet and he's small. And he's good, yeah. That, that, but with all due respect, like, you know, this is, to me, this is a non-football consideration. This is just about uh, how large or not large you are. So give me the guy that, at least according to ESPN, is 5'8", 208 pounds. Like, I'll take that. So give me Darren Henderson. You can ride uh, next to me. If not, then, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, who has the Jojo, Jojo Natson. Jojo Natson would be good for small. Nikel yes, Roby. also small. Nikel Roby's 5'8". Yep, He's smaller than Daryl. Daryl's got a little, you know, comfort who, to him. Who has the largest personality on the team now? I'm assuming, you know, obviously, until he was traded, I'd imagine Steve Tlaib was up there. Marcus was um, up there. Marcus Peters is up there for sure. Like, if there's somebody now that um, has a huge personality, like, yeah, maybe if it was, like, a short flight. Like, if we were just going from L.A. to San Francisco, I might go for the personality of the conversation. JJ's kind of a big JJ personality. Roby. Roby okay. will talk. Roby's yeah, very good talk. at speaking, and he speaks so fast. Like, he, he almost, like, stumbles over his words, which is adorable, but he's just like, oh, man, Next let me tell you everything much. about blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, wait, can you go back, like, four words? Because I just didn't catch that last thing. So, Florida also boy. A BC grad. So, yeah. yeah. Dante Fowler's also he's, pretty he good. Did, yeah. yeah. He's good, too. Yeah. Also, leave it to the fantasy football guy to look at numbers no, I know. height and weight like only like, just put him next to me typical field um fields given you are all football all the time if not football then what would you do like no football in your life what do you do um I, this actually may happen at some point in my life um uh, because you know I, I don't know that all who knows how long i will i mean i would like to do this for forever but um if there comes a time in my life where I transition out uh, into like a different phase and maybe want to do something that has a different level of intensity than what we do, a teacher. I've always wanted to be a teacher. That would be fun. I don't know what, that's probably math. Um, decent with you. Here we go, the numbers again. Numbers. I know. But yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think being a teacher would be so fun. It'd be so great to be part of a community and help uh, you know young people uh, grow and learn and become uh, hopefully better prepared for what life has in store for them after whatever grade I have. I was, yeah, I was going to ask, what age range? Yes. I'm thinking middle school. 
Okay. M- middle school seems like, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Matt, you have upset Matt oh, very I, much. I'm just, I don't know. I feel like middle yes. schoolers are mean. No, they're They would be so nice to field. Well, yeah, to field yeah. probably. I don't know. Not to you, Matt. I, That's why you're not going to be a math tell, teacher. Can you tell where I was bullied? <laughs> right. He's, he's still working on those <laughs> scars. He's putting Neosporin on those things still. <laughs> yeah, I could see you as that. Would you decorate the room? Yeah, it was fantasy football, like, you know, stats and nuggets and notes. Yes. Oh, you'd be the cool teacher. All right. I'll a lot of my that. favorite teachers come from middle school. So. All right. Yeah, middle school there teachers. You go. Come on. Get field some. Mr. Yates is in <laughs> the building. Um, all right. That's it. That's our 14th episode of Ramblin. Field, I appreciate you coming on the pod. And don't forget, for those looking for more all things Rams, make sure you check out our other team podcast, Rams Revealed, with J.B. Long.